Hey guys, welcome back to Lame Talk, the part of the show where we'll cover all non-DCL related uh, stuff. And uh, here we'll have a few sections covering other games, movies, etc., um, relevant news, also some more Q&A, but again, not related to DC Legends. Uh, first things up, we got odd games. Uh, firstly, just quick rundown of E3, DP. So, yeah, E3 was uh, last week or two weeks ago, right? Uh, and basically all the companies rolled out as they usually do. They have their sort of uh, conferences or their previews with all the trailers and stuff. And a lot of the the talk was, wasn't really about the games. It was more about the presentations. And a lot of them were sort of rehashed and the same type of things that every company does all the time. There was a lot of like weird concerts and people doing like, music related stuff but in terms of the games there wasn't really anything that stood out to me i mean there was the one japanese based game it, it was called ghost of sakashima uh doom did, did you see that one uh unfortunately i didn't like, so i can't remember exactly what it was from i think it was either on the sony one or maybe it was the pc gaming one i can't remember but basically, to give you to give everyone an idea about it, it's basically Japanese uh, Dark Souls. So, like the graphics look really, really good. If you like Dark Souls, it's probably right up your alley. So, um, and especially if you like anything in that Japanese genre, uh, it's definitely something uh, that looks promising. Um, in terms of uh, other standout games, there wasn't too much. Uh, I mean, Doom. Was there anything that you want to talk about? Uh, the new Smash Brothers was pretty hyped up. Uh, I don't know if that was... I forgot a couple of you know. Smash Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no Waluigi, and Daisy's just an Echo Fighter, so who cares? You know, whatever. Ridley. <laughs> uh, new Elder Scrolls, though. That's exciting. Yeah. I mean... And uh, what was it? New Fallout? Isn't there another one of that coming out now? Oh, yeah, right. Fallout uh, 46 or whatever it's called. Like, they, this is some weird number. 76. 76, yeah. Um, yeah, there wasn't too much that stood out otherwise, though. There was a lot of, like, weird games from Bethesda. There was a... There was that new game from... Um, oh, I can't remember the name of it. It's something about Captain, Captain Spirit. Uh, I can't remember. It was from the Sony one. Anyways... Yeah, there wasn't much that really grabbed my attention. I'm surprised there was no, like, you know, announcement of a new fighting game or anything or a new... Oh, the biggest one was, like, the fact there was no, like, follow-up for Final Fantasy VII Remake on the Square Enix one. There was nothing there for me. So, yeah. I wasn't very impressed <laughs> with E3 this year. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that was pretty much the extent of it. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of the Nintendo conference, there was basically just uh, a bunch of like nothing and then lots of Smash Brothers. That's it. <laughs> so, if you guys like Smash Brothers, something to look forward to. Smash Brothers on the Switch. I do like Smash Brothers. Yeah. But to be fair, the only Smash Brothers I actually really like to play and I'll, I'll continue playing over and over again is the N64 one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really really like that game just because of like the, the controller and like the old school mechanics, but uh, you know the GameCube one's not bad. <laughs> so, 
Mm, fair enough. All right. I mean, I guess E3 was sort of a miss for most people. Let's move on, I guess. Uh, oh. You know what wasn't a miss, though? Yeah. Battle Bond from Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> that, Go I think, was a great set. Go on. <laughs> Battle Bond was an amazing set. Gave us some good reprints uh, that we needed. Things like Dublin Season, Seedborn Muse. Commander players are super excited. It was a two-headed giant sealed set, if you got to play it in limited. I did get the opportunity to draft it once. It was a hoot and so much fun. Uh, so if you got the opportunity, good for you. It's probably an experience that is going to be unique for a long time. Um, but again, just a lot of good reprints for commander players. Uh, it's not standard legal or anything. However... We also just finished our spoilers for Core 2019 today, oh, and out. that set also looks amazing. With again, they're all out as of today. Uh, yes, cool. I'll, I'll go take a look after it. But also some really good uh, reprints in there with Crucible of Worlds, Scape Shift, and handful of other ones reprints, along with some reimaginings of the original Elder Dragons. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to this set. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, I do uh, like... I don't know I do, about you guys. I do like the way that they redid the, like, the Elder Dragons. That was pretty cool. <clears throat> so, um, I mean, in terms of the other Magic sets, I mean, I didn't play uh, Battlebond because I don't actually play Paper Magic. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a loner. I play by myself at home on Magic Online. <laughs> but uh, in terms of Battle Bond, like I, I've been watching like you know the previews for it out, and it just looks like a fun set. I'd like to play it if I could, but again, I can. Um, in terms of uh, the new core sets, uh, the one thing that was sort of weird for me overall, I still stand by this because like I don't understand why they took it away from the beginning and then bring it back. Like why take it away at all? And then well, now I'm happy that it's back. Um, well, to be fair, I understood where they were going when they originally announced how they were going to transition the stories. Mm -hmm. Like, when they originally announced that, it made sense. Yeah. Also, they're saying you know, that this is the end of the Gatewatch, right? So, uh, yeah. for those of you guys who don't know, who play Magic, uh, the Gatewatch is basically just like a, a handful of the original uh, Planeswalkers. And I think it's uh, Jace, uh, Gideon... Uh, Jace, Gideon, Chandra, Liliana, and uh, Nissa, Ajani joined, yeah. and then now Teferi, Karn, and Jaya joined. Yeah, but like basically they're they're saying that this is going to be the end of them. So I'm assuming that they're going to die to like Nicol Bolas. So there's going to be like some giant battle. Nicol Bolas is going to die, and then somebody in the game. Well, I think the final confrontation is coming. I think that's yeah. the point. But the, the other thing that's cool so. is that they were they spoiled a couple new planeswalkers. So this is probably the direction that they're going with um, in terms of replacing these characters, right? So there's going to be a new yep. story arc around... I can't remember her name. Vivian is, is her name? The new Vivian character. Reed. Right, so she's probably going to be the new... Yep. Vivian Reed. Uh, Nissa or Garrick, I guess, uh, in that, like, fill that... She's the new green essential walker. Yeah. So that, that is She cool. looks like she's Elven. I'm not 100% sure. Could be. Who knows? But anyways, yeah. that, that's promising. I like that. I like the fact that the, the, they're taking the story in a new direction, so... Whether or not it's going to be as good as the old one, uh, well, quote-unquote good, but... Uh... Well, something I do want to point out about the five walkers that we got, mm -hmm. we got Liliana, Ajani, Vivian, Tezzeret, and um, Sarkin. 
Oh yes, Arkin's back. Something to yeah. something to point out about that. The Grixis colored walkers all have served Bolas at some point. Oh, so you're saying that maybe this is like Infinity War. <laughs> well, I'm saying that it's possible a Johnny and Vivian are actually part of the Bolas thing too. Okay. Doom, are you following? I don't know. The, we'll see. The magic stuff here. In terms we're we're following the villains now. All of a sudden. Do, Doom, do you follow the uh, the Planeswalker lore? Uh, not closely, actually. Uh, in fact, it's weird because this is one of the very few games that I don't follow the lore for very closely. I mean, I was just happy to get three Karns in my pre-release packs what? when I did it. Cause oh, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, I got fourth in the. Uh, opening tourney and then i sold all of my cards and just made buku bucks it was great yeah obviously <laughs> <laughs> okay well then i mean well, then. okay in terms of magic is there anything else that you, you want to talk about here? uh you have a note here that says there's a two-headed ogre barbarian <laughs> i don't know what that means uh, i think that I'm was uh, battle a battle bond i'm assuming there's a card in battle bond that had that yeah a two-headed ogre with that type Oh yeah, there was, there was, there was a two-headed ogre. There was an o- uh, I can't remember his, I can't remember the name of the character. I think it was two-headed ogre or something like that. But basically, it's like the two heads. <laughs> Might have just been two-headed ogre. The the ability on the card was actually really interesting because it's like two heads. Uh, they have to they have to uh, agree on what to do or else they don't do anything. Or it's, it's like one of those type of mechanics. Um, oh yeah yeah yeah. But yeah, uh, speaking of Battle Bond, just one thing that I forgot to mention. Like, I like the fact that they introduced the sort of partner mechanic in a new way. Uh, like, they part the partner with mechanic. So if you guys, uh, any of you guys who have played Commander before, know ha- might already know about the partner ability where you can partner certain char- certain commanders with other char- commanders with that ability. But now, they introduced partner with where this person can only partner with another person, right? And I think that's really interesting. Especially the fact that they put it on Planeswalkers, too. And they also put it on, uh, I mean, like, I think Uncommons, too, right? They're not all just rares. Mythics, yes, right? non-legendary. So this is something that I think we were talking about in the future if we ever do extra content. So, like, if we ever do magic-related, like, content, we might actually play some Commander yeah. online or something. So what one of the things I was thinking about was, uh, like, uh, small leaders or um, basically budget. Oh, tiny leaders? Tiny leaders, right. Oh, yeah. Tiny Leaders or Budget Commander, or there was another one called uh, 3DH. 3DH was basically, uh, it's like EDH, except everything has to be under three ticks on Magic Online. Oh, nice. So, like, you basically invest three bucks in the game and in online and try and buy as much as you can with those three ticks. (laughs) And uh, so, basically, the fact that you have these uncommon uh, commanders, as you will, like, gives you a, a place to start off with, too. So, that's good. So yeah, I well, Dominaria cool. gave us a ton of uncommon commanders. That's true. That's true. So they, they the thing about the partners, yeah, they changed the word. They didn't change, but they made new wording for the partner with, yeah. so that the partner withs when played search up the other partner. I like that too. That like that actually makes a lot more um, sense. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. There you go. So it's interesting to see. Okie doke. So are we going to move on or yeah? What do you guys think? Yeah, let's, All right, let's, let's move on to our review of Deadpool 2. Spoilers ahead, warning. You haven't Where don't care if you saw it. If you didn't see it and you don't want to hear about it, 
just get off the topic for a second. That's your problem. How do you not watch Deadpool 2 by now? Okay, you should just stop listening right now. Like, you can just unsubscribe. You can unsubscribe and just unfollow. Pay, pay attention to the chat. We'll let you know when we're done talking about it. <laughs> and then on the uh, recording, I'm sure DP will include the uh, timestamps for you. <laughs> I'll so. try. I'll try. I'm, uh, I'm not on. I'm not try to remember to do that. <laughs> try to remember to do that. Yeah. So... <laughs> all right so deadpool 2 i thought it was a pretty good movie overall uh it it definitely lived up to the hype of the first one obviously it did things a little bit differently so that it was still unique still felt fresh but it was close enough to the old one to where it was still what you expected with its comedy and its over the topness so yeah i thought that was interesting I thought that the uh, references to the comic books, whereas, uh, like, for instance, his girlfriend dying, she was basically referenced as death, or that that was death, that was death where he was when he was seeing her, but it was never alluded to that he was in love with death, like he is in the comic. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So. He had sort of like this love-hate relationship with death. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting way to allude to it. Uh, personally, I saw the fight scene I always wanted to see. Colossus v. Juggernaut. <laughs> Colossus, v. <laughs> Colossus v. Juggernaut, let's do it. I was, uh, so. I was a little bit disappointed at how short that was. I thought it was going to be longer. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a little bit more epic too, yeah. but... The only time you saw like uh, Colossus v Juggernaut was in the, the animated series, I think. Otherwise, yeah, and even those were the, really kind of short. Yeah. All right. Before I give my thoughts, uh, Doom, you you kind of wanted to mention this at the end of the last podcast, but yeah, what were your thoughts on Deadpool two? Because you were, I think, the first one to watch it. Uh, the beginning felt a little slow. The ending felt a little rushed, but. Otherwise, the actors were all pretty spot on. I do like that they brought Juggernaut back because he's my favorite Marvel character. So I'm, I'm always happy to see him. And I'm super duper duper happy that it wasn't the, uh, what was it, X-Men First Class version or whatever. The brown, like the brown and beige one? No, the, uh, the incomplete helmet looking one. X-Men 3 with Vinnie Jones? Yeah. Ah. The, the horrible Juggernaut suit? Ugh. Yes. Yeah. Now, no, yeah, keeping, no. keeping in mind, I liked the actor, but just this uh, this juggernaut looks way better, and he he looks just as every bit menacing as I expected him to, which is great. And I mean, you know, the whole thing where literally only Domino survives out of the original crew made me a bit that sad because I was really great. excited to see uh, Terry Crews, and I think that was Brad Pitt in there too. Yeah, but, Terry Crews, Brad Pitt. It was I mean, actually, I, was, I thought it was hilarious. Matt Damon was in there too. Did you guys catch that? Was it Matt Damon? There was Matt Damon too, but do you know where he was? <laughs> he was very. Are you referring to the Brad Pitt being invisible? No, that's Brad Pitt. That's Brad Pitt, I know. But there was Matt Damon too. Do you know where he was? No? No idea? Was what? he Jerry? What? He was one of the. Okay, do you know when Cable uh, comes in from the future, right? And he. He, there's a scene where he's walking up to the two guys in a truck and they're like drinking and they're just talking about shit in, out, out in the pasture. One guy, the fat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were talking about. Um, yeah. 
It was the the mathematics or whatever from uh, Goodwill Hunting. Right. The that the fat guy, the guy in the fat suit, was Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah. It made sense, right? It's Matt. It's Matt Damon. Yeah, because they were talking about Goodwill Hunting. It was funny. Right. The toilet paper scene. <laughs> <laughs> it it was Matt Damon in a fat suit talking about Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> yeah. But we have got to talk about that in credit sequence. Did you guys see the? Uh... Wait, wait. When he goes back you mean to where he erased I, I really, his entire history and on, fixed the timeline? Wait, wait, wait. Yes, before that was we, so good. So, before we get into that, because I, I really want to talk about that, but I wanted to get, just before I forget about the whole Juggernaut thing, I wanted to add, because Doom, your favorite character is Juggernaut, um, there was that one scene when he was talking to the, the kid, I can't remember his name anymore, The but when Juggernaut was going into... Oh, Firestarter or whatever the fuck his name Fire is? Fist. Fire Fist, that's his name. Fire Fist. <laughs> Fire Fist. <laughs> Terrible name. <laughs> I'm just going to call him Juan. Okay, so when I don't know ta- if that was his name. When he's talking to him, right, and he talks about um, his helmet, right, and he goes over the guy. It it protects him from his from his brother. Like, well, he's talking about Professor X, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. he wears the helmet to protect himself from the psychic abilities of Professor X. But uh, now, is that actually what the helmet's for? Because I, from what I know, isn't the helmet like? Some kind of Egyptian ruin or something that gives him his powers and it's cursed, so he can't take. No, no. Uh, Juggernaut yeah. gets his powers from the Gem of Sidorak. Okay. Yep. The helmet is actually to protect his only weakness, which yep. is psychic. And also makes a very handy battering ram. It does. Okay, so the helmet, so the helmet really is just to protect him from Doctor or er, from Professor X. Well, it Pretty protects much. his his head essentially okay. from telekinetic powers. It's just. Okay. Because that's literally his only weakness. He's literally unstoppable when moving. So you're basically saying that... Except you can attack his mind. So basically he just he was just biting off Magneto. No, no. <laughs> uh, if you if you go into the comics and the stories for uh, the Sidorak character mm-hmm. is basically an old god, so okay. to speak. Um, okay. And the gem of Sidorak is, you know, it makes him... It makes Juggernaut the avatar of Sidorak, basically. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, that makes more sense then. And all of the old god pantheon mm-hmm. in this particular pantheon have a gem on Earth. Okay. So at one point, all of those avatars got together and started fighting, and mm-hmm. there was a couple of them who relied on psychic powers. Okay, that's interesting. All right, that makes sense. So it made sense for Juggernaut to have that helmet. Okay, I thought the helmet was what gave him his powers. I mean, I thought that that the uh, no, I thought that the gem was in the helmet. That's why. And then, anyways. Okay. Anyways. No. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. That's all. All right. So he, about- he's basically the avatar of a god. All right. So about that end sequence. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So the best, best part of that end sequence to me was probably like the very, very... Killing his bad self? No. Uh, it was killing Ryan Reynolds. Was that, is that what you're talking about? Oh, for Green Lantern? Yes. So the the last, the, the very last scene, he it's Ryan Reynolds in his like mansion or some sort of study. Uh, he picks up the script and it's to Green Lantern, and he's like, "We're going to the big league, boys!" And then Death, the, Deadpool shoots him in the head. He's like, "You're welcome, Canada." So <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be yeah, very, to that be, was- to be to be very honest with you, he's he did exactly what every Canadian wanted him to do. Because for those of you guys who don't know, uh, most Canadians would think he's probably like arguably the best uh, modern day Canadian actor out there. 
and uh, the only real blemish on his career was the Green Lantern movie up to this point, right? Because he right. made a lot of great movies. Green Lantern was just sort of, eh. A lot of us liked Green Lantern because we liked DC, but, you know, from a movie standpoint, it wasn't the greatest. Uh, <laughs> and It was a terrible movie. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, there's there's no way there's no way around it. It was pretty bad. No, there's not. Yeah, but yeah, that that one scene was really what struck home with like I was in the theater with my 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 one you know English speaking friend and a bunch of Japanese people and everyone was just like you know what what what's wrong what's wrong with these foreigners why are they laughing so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was it was good. It was really really good at the end. Um, the dead the the Deadpool killing himself scene, like as you were saying. Oh, so the Wolverine scene. Now, that was all like rehashed, right? That that wasn't there wasn't actual there wasn't any actual. No, it was not. It was just rehashed. Yeah, yeah. I I really wished it was though. <laughs> well, but. I mean, I think he's kind of already said that he will come back as Wolverine only one way. And that's if he gets into the Avengers, right? Oh, okay. That's interesting. But he, I mean, Hugh Jackson's so, pretty old as it is. So. Well, no, I understand that. But I'm saying he's not opposed to the idea. Oh, okay. So he wants to come back so, as an Avenger. And with this uh, Disney Fox, like, thing that's going on yeah it, it may happen at yeah. some point and also with the way that the actual avengers are sort of like looks like they're sort of rehashing things because captain america wants out uh who else wanted out like a couple of other guys wanted out tony stark wanted out too i think so anyway. uh well i mean all their contracts are up yeah so i mean they might rehash i think chris things, evans is but... the only one that's been vocal about it yeah. i don't know though anyways so, oh, getting off attention about Deadpool. <laughs> uh, best, any, what are your best, what are your favorite lines from that movie? Any like things that really stand out? Uh, I mean, one of the things that stood out to me was when Deadpool first gets to the X Mansion. He's like, "Why are you guys the only X Men here?" And then it pans to where you can see inside of the door, and all the other X Men are in the other room. They just close the door slowly. <laughs> yeah, right. That was so. Cool. That was good. It was like the first class X Men, right? It was the with the young. Yeah, it was Quicksilver, Beast, and uh, Xavier. Wasn't there? And I think Archangel was in there too somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was too. Yeah. I thought there was a Cyclops. No, there was like somebody with like glasses on. Uh, there might have been. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to go look at the scene again. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Ogre. Any favorite liners? Like one liners or anything? Um. I actually like the interaction between Deadpool and Firefist after Juggernaut rips Deadpool in half. Mm. And don't say because he has legs. He's got legs. Ah, it still hurts. The baby legs. <laughs> yeah. My favorite line. Yeah, the baby legs thing was absolutely hilarious too. My favorite line, and probably a lot of people that listen to this podcast will, uh, will understand why it's my favorite line, is when he fights Cable in the prison and then he, he knocks him to the ground and Cable's like, who are you? I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I also love how Deadpool yelled at him for killing Black Tom, even though Black Tom had no relevance whatsoever <laughs> to the movie. Yeah. That was hilarious. Um, another one of my favorite lines was uh, Dopinder. Oh, Dopinder. When he runs over the the guy at the end, he's like, "I'm a Rageville killing machine." <laughs> <laughs> With the, I'm like, I was like dying laughing. 
the Peter was pretty good. I, I like this character a lot. Uh, I like them. What's his yeah. name? The guy in the bar. Um, I can't like Deadpool's friend. Uh, but oh, yeah. the way he takes on Dopinder as sort of his apprentice to become like an assassin or to become a hitman <laughs> and then he, he's making him do all like, the, 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 the menial work at the bar that was that was really good too. right uh, anything else to stand out to you guys for that for that movie I mean I'm excited for Deadpool 3 yeah oh, no kidding yeah oh uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about the, the end of the movie the end credit scenes where he goes back in time like so how did that actually work? Like, he actually got his hands on Cable's, like, little thingy that had, like, no charges left, apparently. Right? Right. So, what happened there? Like, can, how did you actually, like, recharge that? Can you? So... Teenage Negasonic Warhead. I was going to say, Negasonic uh, charged it, essentially. You can do that? I thought you could... Is what the movie gave you the idea of, anyway. Okay. So, I'm not sure how it worked exactly, but does that mean that Cable is going to be not going to be in the next Deadpool then? Because if you think about it, if they it gives him free reign to do either. Yeah, because he can go back to the future, right? It, well, it gives him free reign to do either. Yeah, he could stay, he could go back, he could do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, My guess is they're going to make him show up as a cameo for like a real quick spot, and then he gets back out. Now, I'm one, the one thing that I was sort of disappointed in, but I guess they, it leaves uh, sort of space for you know future Deadpools. But if Cable comes from the future, one thing that always t- like is in the back of my mind is where's Bishop? Because Bishop is supposed to come with him, basically, right? Like Bish- Bishop and Cable are sort of like tied at the hip. Like I mean, wherever Cable mm, goes, Bishop ends up. Bishop Bishop yeah. is from an earlier time than Cable. Okay. So, so as far as timeline goes, it goes like the X-Men, then Bishop, then Cable in the farthest future. Okay. But I mean, okay. Did you, uh, so, did, you did you not see it in the movie? Wait, there was a Bishop. See what? There's a Bishop reference? Uh, yeah, kind of. His gun has the word Bishop carved into the side of it. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Nah. I did not see that. I didn't pay attention to that. I didn't pick that up. Okay, wow. Yeah, there's like one, uh, I think it was during the uh, final fight, they do like that one panning shot where they go really close over his gun. And uh, yeah, it says Bishop on the side. Wow. Nice. So that says Bishop's old gun. That's interesting. That's cool. Uh, I was thinking about in the future, what if they did something with Bishop and they bring him, bring Bishop uh, from the future into Deadpool 3 or something. And then, because Bishop usually, when wherever Bishop is, Gambit usually is, right? So... Yeah, I like Gambit. I want Gambit to be in some one, like in the future movies. I want a Gambit that's better than the one we got previously. <laughs> yeah, Gambit's no good. <laughs> but because Gambit is my favorite character, I want him to but... have. I want him to have that uh, that uh, that Southern was it New Orleans uh, accent and yeah, he's from uh, he's from the uh, New Orleans. Yeah, Creole. From the Bayou. Creole. Yeah, I want him to Creole. Have that, I want him to have that accent. I want him to have Cajun. that sort of swagger. Yeah, I want that that uh, the animated series uh, Gambit, but on um, right exactly. In movie form. All right. Now, um, I mean, a lot of people don't know this about Gambit, but he's an Omega level mutant. Yeah, he can just blow shit. He up. can be beyond Omega level if he really tried. He touches anything. No, yeah, up. that's the whole thing. Is like, what's that? He touches anything and it blows up. <laughs> I mean, oh, no, there's more to his powers than that. Yeah, but he can kinetically charge anything. Anything. Including himself. 
Yeah. And he has no upper limit. Yeah. Yeah. He could just be a walking like. So if he kinetically charges himself and he like all of a sudden is faster, stronger, just absolutely insane. So, so anyway, moving on. Hopes for a, a Gambit movie in the future. <laughs> yeah, we got some uh, big news that we yeah. need to cover. So in terms of breaking news, uh, there was a, I wouldn't say major announcement. I think it was sort of like kind of a hush-hush swept under the rug type of thing. But AT&T... I think a lot of people knew. Oh, did you? All right, I didn't, it didn't come up in a lot of news. I had to search for it, actually. Um, but... AT&T acquires slash merges with Time Warner. And now, a lot of the sites I was reading were saying merging, but some of them were saying that based on the way the, the sort of shares and cash traded hands, it sounded more like an acquisition from a business standpoint of view. Now, in terms for those of you who are not really business savvy, the difference between acquisition and mergers is really sort of what, um, sort of wrap your head around it. An acquisition is company A, a completely gaining control of company B and basically they're now the like the sole owners of it. A merger is sort of there's a, a partnership so to speak between the two companies and they share things between each other. So now they're, they're working together as partners, right? To share resources. So, right. So we'll get into this in a second but um, in, in it's essentially what this leads into is um, th- we want to look at how their acquisition of Time Warner and Warner Brothers and uh, Warner Creative Studios, how this will affect the DCEU uh, going forward. So that means like, you know, the the cinematic universe uh, for the DC movies. And as well, obviously, uh, this will indirectly, if not directly, affect the sort of Fox-Disney merger acquisition that's uh, currently going on as well. Um, But uh, in terms of the AT&T situation, from what was written online, it says that there's. It sounds like they're more hands-offish. They want to. They've stated that they want to give creative freedom and resources to Warner Brothers, uh, and a lot of speculation has been uh, has been going around about the movies that were sort of announced, but sort of in this limbo state, um, probably due to this merger going through or not. So I think now that it has gone through, we'll probably get a lot more announcements and a lot more like dates confirmed of when certain movies are coming out. But basically, yeah. um, the consensus from most of the, the websites and the articles that I've been reading, um, that they're saying that this upcoming year or, or year or two, so 2018, 2019, the movies that are coming out in these years for uh, being Aquaman, Shazam, and Wonder Woman in 1984, uh, are probably going to be the the movies that are going to really decide what's going to happen with this franchise, with the, with the studio and with AT and T and Warner Brothers going forward, because whether or not these movies uh, do well are probably going to are probably really going to say like, well, is AT and T going to sink more money into this? Uh, are going to allocate more resources to this? Are they going to let Time Warner sort of figure it out on their own, right? Because I think that if Time Warner and uh, Warner Brothers sort of keep things the way they are, uh, then you know maybe things will be okay. But if things go well and AT&T really sees that this is worth an investment, we could see a lot bigger budgets and a lot more you know maybe Avengers-like productions. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I mean, what do you guys think of the merger slash acquisition? Well, something I want to point out. I don't know if you noticed in the newest update, uh, you don't see the logo 
for WB anymore when you open up the game. Okay, so like it's just DC, it doesn't say Warner Brothers anymore? No, it doesn't even say DC anymore. It's just, it's a blank white screen. Really? Oh. Yeah. I didn't notice that. I'm going to do it right now. You didn't now. notice that? I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow, interesting. I just thought that was interesting. Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to go look. Oh, you're right. It just went into DC Legends completely. It didn't even show that. It just skipped right over. Oh, no, wait, no. It still shows for me. It says Warner Brother Games, San Francisco, for like a brief second. Really? Yeah, it's still there for me. I don't know. I'm on iPhone. So huh. Maybe it's an Android thing. Maybe it's an Android thing. I don't know. All right, anyways. So. But I noticed that it did that, like, right after the announcement that they were merging. Hmm. I wonder. So I thought it was, <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Hmm. Okay. Well, anyways. It seems like the iOS users still see, see the logo. So maybe it's an Android thing. Meh. All right. But in terms of the whole, what does this mean for the DCEU? I mean, any thoughts there? As far as what it means to DCEU, I, I think that it's one of those things that if, if the movies do well, then Time Warner or then at and will back it. Whereas if it doesn't, they may just kibosh it. Yeah. But I mean... I'm, I'm sort of with you there, but I don't think that they're going to kibosh it completely. I think that they'll probably let Warner Brothers continue the way they're doing at their own, like with their own budget, but they're not going to add additional funds to it. They're not going to add additional resources to it. That's sort of like the promise to the situation. Like if things go well, they're going to really back it and then it's going to be like, you know, Star Wars level production or something. I hope. But... I mean, do you have any thoughts on the, on the acquisition slash merger? Um, well, just to make a note, on iOS, we still get the WB and DC logos. But yeah. uh, outside of that, I mean, it's... Uh, sorry, hold on. Get my popcorn. Uh, outside of that, he uh, the AT&T merger just seems kind of like it was bound to happen eventually. It's just it's finally gotten the trigger pulled in. I guess we're just going to have to see how things go because honestly, either it goes extremely well and WB prospers and becomes this gigantic mega corporation type deal that can easily go toe to toe with Marvel, or it doesn't go well and it just stays the same WB. Yeah. I mean, here's the other thing that we, I guess we should have thought about first of all. Like, a lot of people were just talking about the DCEU, but. Do you think this could affect uh, Warner Brothers San Francisco in terms of the like game development? Do you think that they would be they would want to pull the plug on anything on any games or anything? On game development, man, I don't think so. I don't think AT and T will bother poking their head too much into that yeah. section of WB. I think that that market's probably small, like too small for them to really worry about. And if they're making any money off it, they'll just leave it as is. Like to be fair, I think that the animated movies and the the games and stuff do just fine. I don't think it's those that are the problem. I think they're only going to care about the forefront one, which is the movies. Yeah. Those are the big, big bucks, like where they're investing a lot of money. Right. In, so. All right. Well. Even though I think that the DC uh, animated movies are some of the best things ever made. Oh, yeah. Things are yeah. amazing. Oh, my God. I didn't actually think I would like the last Batman Ninja, but I was actually quite impressed. <laughs> it was a little weird, but the story weird. was cool. It was good. I like the fact that it had all the Robins in it. So.
yeah that was interesting that was quite good uh okay so uh getting on to the last part of the show then i guess uh, odd questions so we had a couple questions from duloth and the actual devil uh duloth first he asked uh but let's go over these in reverse order actually let's talk about some shows uh do any of you guys watch the uh the marvel tv shows cloak and dagger or jessica jones or luke cage luke cage i haven't watched the new seasons yet yeah I mean, uh, so basically he's asking, what do you think about Jessica Jones 2, Luke Cage 2, and Cloak and Dagger? I actually haven't watched any of these shows. The only, like, Marvel I haven't show, watched any of them yet. I think the only Marvel show that I watched in a while was Daredevil and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a little bit. But yeah, I haven't, haven't, I have a lot of stuff on my backlog. But yeah, uh, what? do you have any thoughts? I mean, I've seen them all. Jessica Jones 2 is okay. It's more of the same. Luke Cage 2 looks interesting. I like what they're ramping up to in the next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as Cloak and Dagger goes, I mean, I'm just happy that they gave a character like Cloak and Dagger their show. Like, I mean, they're not exactly what you'd call A-list heroes. Or I guess anti-hero. But it is fantastic. It says spoiler-free, so I'm going to avoid spoiling anything. Just go watch it. Trust me. It's, it's a decent watch. All right. And uh, aside from me, have any of you guys been watching Krypton, the uh, the new show from Sci-Fi? Uh, Krypton? No, I haven't seen it. Right. I haven't seen it. Okay. Well, I mean, if you guys ever get a chance to, you should probably go watch it. It's it's not that long. I think there's only a total of, what, 10 episodes or 11 or 12 episodes or something like that. But it's quite different from the CW shows, especially in terms of budget, because you can definitely see that uh, there's a lot more money invested in that show. Um, and because it's also not all filmed in Canada. <laughs> uh, right. uh, but Krypton, in terms of production, it's quite good. Um, in terms of storyline, it's quite interesting because it's a part of the storyline, Superman storyline, that we don't really know about because it's quite early in, well, I mean, it's three gener- it's two, two to three generations before he's born. So, yeah. And what, what I was talking about before when we uh, previewed Krypton was my thoughts on it was basically kind of justified the idea of it being sort of military based sort of like uh, game of thrones in space type of vibe it's kind of like that i don't want to give too much away but there's a lot of weird timeline things that i thought were weird that uh, things that probably take place in either jor-el's or uh, superman's timeline that take place a little bit earlier there's like but there's time travel going around I guess you can mess around with the timeline when you have time travel. <laughs> so you can really justify anything, right, at that point. Um, the one thing that I will say, because he's asking, what do you think about the ending? Do you do you love it like I did? I liked the ending, but I didn't love it. Mainly now, okay, spoiler for those of you who haven't watched Krypton, there's Brainiac in, this, in, this, in the first season. The one thing I didn't really like is the fact that the way they de- developed Brainiac and the way... Uh, sort of Brainiac came to be and how Brainiac uh, kind of like was easily like shoved aside there was also Doomsday and it was just really weird uh, but in terms of continuity it was weird but in terms of story lark it was okay so I can see where they're going with it so hopefully, hopefully they make what? sense of it yeah. Brainiac is a villain in Krypton whoa what a surprising thing well they didn't really talk about well, okay. Now there's multiple Brainiacs, right? But the way that uh, the way that they went about Brainiac and showing Brainiac, which is weird, that's the one thing. Like, 
I didn't like about it and the way it ended it was like a lot of like it could have been like a lot of desolation could have been like a very super happy ending it was just weird I don't know I don't want to give too much away because you guys might end up watching it but um, basically this gives me a whole sort of like back to the future type of vibe at the same time Game of Thronesy stuff there's a lot of stuff mixed together I like the series I'm going to continue watching it um, but I think they could have done more with it so I think it was just sort of like they were just feeling what would work or not and I think they're trying to do a little bit too much on everything so anyways uh, let's see here uh, other questions from Duloth he asked about he talk, he's talking about Magic Arena so on Magic Arena they've introduced drafting and he and this is a question directly specifically at me uh, he says he, he says that uh, do you think that drafting will bring more MTG players to Magic Arena uh, like Hearthstone did for example and uh, in terms of Magic Arena from what I know because I don't actually play Magic Arena yet I don't have I don't have the time to sit down and actually play it because it's only on PC um, the problem with drafting is that one you're playing against AI you're not drafting you're sure you're only drafting with AI and then you draft you're playing against people afterwards so first of all that's weird uh, you should be playing with the people who you're drafting with at least or if not in people who have also drafted as well but the thing with the AI is that it's completely broken there is um, a sort of set pattern of the picks that they take when they draft and a lot of people have figured it out at a certain <coughs> to, to a certain amount of uh, specificity like precision so they know that certain cards will just never be picked or the certain cards will be picked in certain orders so they know that you know you can always draft this one deck and if you're only if you're drafting this deck all the time um, basically you can't lose and the problem is that when you're when you're drafting with the AI everyone's doing that in the end you end up with a ton of mirror matches later down the line the only way you win or lose is basically you know who opened like a certain rare or more of a certain uncommon right that's what the, that's the biggest problem with the current system of the drafting um, drafting in its purest form should be you know eight people sitting down together and drafting together and playing against each other that probably really can't happen right now in the current state of the beta the other problem with um, drafting in general is that your collection is really awkward right now because you can't dust in Magic Arena like in you can in Hearthstone you can't get rid of cards so once you open a certain card you're stuck with it forever you can't get rid of it and it, the more copies you open of it in uh, will help you progress towards your vault to open up more stuff but let's say I don't want any copies of this current like this one mythic I'm stuck with it until I get four copies of that and then every fifth copy onwards I get something. That system is not very good for drafting because people don't really see the need once I have enough of like a certain set I don't want to draft this set anymore. I want to draft a different set. So that's not really going to help that in the future. Anyways, I mean enough about that. I don't think that MTG Arena, as it stands right now, is very promising. I don't think it really can stand. It can compete with Hearthstone. I mean, what do you guys think? No. It's not user-friendly enough. Hearthstone's main appeal is that you can literally pick it up at any age and at any skill level and play it and do decently well. Magic Gathering, though, has so many intricacies to them that I don't think that it'll ever match Hearthstone's just ergonomic design. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, 
Now it's I mean, never going to replace paper magic. No, definitely not. Definitely. True. I mean, it's never going to replace <laughs> paper magic. The question is, can it be on that competitive level as a digital game, right? As uh, as as uh, Hearthstone, for example, or comparing it to. So, I don't think. It's uh, a... I don't think at the moment, no. I mean, it's sad that like the way you think about it. I mean, it just kind of bothers me in that sense. But you know, oh well, what are you gonna do? Uh, well, like to be fair, if they had just taken the concepts of adding the animations and the different things that they did with Arena and done that with MTGO, mm-hmm. like they didn't need to make a whole new game. Well, I think they. Well, arguably, yes and no. It depends on how what what level of animation we're talking about here. The level of animation that they have in uh, MTG Arena is quite high end. Now, to do that on MTGO. On Magic Online, they probably had to like redo the whole programming like from the ground up. So I think that's basically why they just created a new game. But if they needed like small animation, like small things, like small tweaks, that I could see that happening. But yeah, like the the one thing that I do appreciate about the MTG Arena, like right now as it is, is for example, like in Dominaria, you have sagas, for example, and a lot of people that uh, play MTG Arena, the, th- the one thing that they've mentioned a lot is the way su- sagas play is when you play them, it's a scroll that's unfurling and you're going through the chapters one by one. And that looks really cool. Like just that that animation in, in and of itself, right? So, yeah, you know, I could appreciate that, for example. All right, any of that, uh, enough of that. The last question here from uh, the actual devil, he asks, if you all were trapped on a, desert, a deserted island, and things went all Lord of the Flies. Who's the group going to cannibalize first? <laughs> so, who we? All right. Be? So I see this playing out in like one of three ways. <laughs> you, you thought this through. <laughs> okay. Either. Okay. So scenario one. I pretty much am in charge because I'm big. And, well, primitive cultures, you know, big means I win. Okay. Uh, so, at that point, I see you, DP, becoming a yes man. Okay. Doombox continuing to complain, and he's the first to go. <laughs> Doombox? Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Alternatively, I see that all three of us are left alone just fine, and we figure out how to survive without cannibalizing anybody. Now, if we're in a desert... And alternatively, I see you two banding together, uprising to try and beat me, and whoever wins, wins. Do, Those are the three scenarios that I see. Any other perspectives? I see three perspectives also, but they're slightly different. Okay. Uh, so, first scenario, Ogre's the biggest, he makes the easiest meal. So, <laughs> just... Uh, <laughs> We chase him down and we uh, stab him in the back of the leg with a spear. And then we eat him. And then we survive for a little bit. And then eventually you and I get hungry. But because you live in Japan and I live in America, you're more used to living on a low-calorie diet. So I end up dying first. And then you just eat me. And then you're just alone. (laughs) And then you found New Japan. The second alternative is that... uh, we uh we all end up banding together and creating one of those like super society type deals because uh, all three of us have completely unmarketable skills when it comes to surviving on an island because there's no need for accounting on it and 
Yeah. So instead, we all fall back on our base instincts and we become primitives. And then we end up on National Geographic as those crazy old natives who refuse to let anyone on their island that happens to just be like two miles away from the mainland. (laughs) As a third option, uh, we discover that Stanner actually banished us there for being too, uh, asking too many questions. (laughs) And then in that case, it becomes more of a, uh, the deadliest game type deal where we're being hunted and then we're just hiding around and trying to survive. And then whoever, which one of us gets shot first, we eat that person to gain more strength. And then we go and overthrow the company. (laughs) So I guess sort of like a, uh, a maze runner type deal. (laughs) I think, I think, uh, for me, what, what would it would be like, would probably be like, um, we would probably get into sort of like this uh, malnutritious haze, uh, high state, like we're just sort of hallucinating and stuff. And then we, we start fighting amongst ourselves. We don't even know if we're actually fighting each other or we're fighting like just hallucinations at that point. And we're just going to stumble out around trying to attack each other. But we end up like hurting ourselves against like rocks or something or trees or like some like I imagine, for example, uh, me and you trying to take on Ogre. And then, but Ogre being as big as he is, just stands there and we just get knocked down. But we actually push Ogre into a coconut tree and the coconut falls on his head and he gets knocked out. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, then, and then the That's two That's a very Benny Hills vibe. Yeah, exactly. That's sort of like what I'm going for because we're just a bunch of goons, right? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then you and I, you and I are sort of like trying to scrap at it now that, that Ogre is knocked out. But what happens is that we, we end up like you know falling over rocks or something that injuring ourselves and bleeding out due to our injuries but we're not dead we're just really hurt and we didn't actually hurt each other we just shoved each other enough so that we we hurt each other hurt ourselves <laughs> in that sense and then what happens for some reason right and what, i'm imagining the plot twist to your scenario is that we knock ogre to a coconut tree and then we're like oh wait there's coconuts on this island score and then we eat the coconuts <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, let's say let's say it was coconut. Let's say let's say there's no food on the island. Okay. But at that point, you know, like if we have to cannibalize each other at that point, uh, I think what ends up happening is that uh, we we start trying to take bites out of each other <laughs> while we're still alive, and realize it's not going anywhere. And uh, we end up just dying out of a starvation. I don't think we end up cannibalizing. It's sort of a cop out at that point because you know, I don't know at what point you know we, we resort to cannibalization, but I think that we actually all just end up dying of starvation. So, I mean, I'd easily die first. I'm freaking hypoglycemic. If I don't eat something within like so many hours, you guys can just cook me. That's fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm not getting back up. <laughs> Jeez. All right. All right, with that, let, let's uh, wrap things up there then. So, uh, okay. Ogre. Such a high note for us to go out on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to the end of the lame talk for the episode. Uh, I want to thank everybody again for uh, hanging with us and listening, participating, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Doom? This is going to make one hell of a thing because, I mean, can you imagine the tagline? Talking about AT and T and cannibalizing. That's <laughs> clickbait. Delicious clickbait. 
Yummy. There you go. All right. So, nice. yeah. Um, I guess with that, we'll wrap things up there. Yeah. Uh, thanks, you guys, for listening. It was fun. Um, as we said before, we're probably going to have a crossover episode with uh, We Are Our Legends probably in August. So look forward to that. We're probably going to talk about that again next month. Um, if you guys haven't already, follow us again on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud at The Oddsman and at youtube.com slash The Oddsman. And if you haven't already, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash The Oddsman. And with that, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. This is Ogre Barbarian of The Oddsman. Wanted to give a huge shout out and thanks to everyone for listening. Catch us when we go live on Discord and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud at The Oddsman. Feel free to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash The Oddsman for a variety of opportunities to help us grow and provide better content. Thanks again for your continued support. And as always, enjoy and grind on.